0: we're going to beer and dip <laughs> and in three two one hello and welcome to another episode of the investment property income podcast my name is Jeff jeffy and joining me today as unusual as he is one of my good friends one of canada's top mortgage brokers a guy who's been in the business longer than he can remember mr jonathan tilger jonathan how are you today sir I am awesome, Jeff, and thank you for bringing up the longer than I can remember. I think back (laughs) when, Yeah, it
1: has been quite a while. How are you
0: doing? (laughs) I'm fantastic. It's been a good day. It's been a good day. Lots of laughs. (sighs) JT, we got to bring it down a notch. we got to bring it down a notch. We both know that at some point the other shoe has to drop. I don't think it's any time soon. However, what is going to happen? When the mortgage rates start to rise, sir, I really look, it's going to bring a lot of opportunities. Oh, the eternal optimist, huh? (laughs) One person's financial ruin is another one's gain. (laughs) The mortgage is half paid or (laughs) still owe half. (laughs) So let's talk about this climate, Jonathan. Do you think a lot of people are over-leveraged currently?
1: Overall, I don't, think, I don't think a huge number are, but there are some who are. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think if you go through the stats, and I don't look at them regularly enough to know for sure, but I know that a large percentage of Canadians have their house either paid off or only a small mortgage outstanding on it.
0: So you don't sit and just like look at numbers at night. I picture you just sitting there by yourself, reading the matrix. Like (laughs) I, I I will,
1: I will play with numbers, meaning that I will look at equations, calculate things. I love doing that as far as going through and looking at stats. No, I find that boring as hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my assumptions weren't totally off. I wonder if my, (laughs) Never mind. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) just makes me sound creepy when I'm 40, but when I was a teenager, it was funny. Um, (laughs) I was thinking about girls' slumber parties, but it's just not the same thing when you get older. Let's start this episode over. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I need more coffee, Jonathan. Anyhow, the um, the things that I have assumptions about, um, I have some assumptions about what's going to happen in the market and i would think personally it's probably going to affect the more urban areas because of the higher mortgages there is that correct so
1: this this is where i think that uh that My feeling on what it might affect is actually the more rural areas where prices have exploded over the last little while, because let's face it, some of the outlying areas where prices have gone up 30, 40% in one year, Mm -hmm. if rates, if rates, I should say if, but at some point rates go up, and if they go up a half point, probably won't do much, but if they increase, significantly which let's face it a a percent or two rise will double the current rates yes yes and so some of these outlying areas where prices have exploded and there have been people who have bought kind of at the limit of what they could do um, my feeling is it may affect them a little bit more because prices may correct Mm-hmm. Which suddenly, I mean, wh- where people get into trouble if suddenly the bank turns around and says, "Hey, wait a second, uh, you bought the house at eight hundred, it's now worth six, you owe seven,
0: we're in trouble." Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting thing because I know we saw it in the GTA in in twenty seventeen, but it was only like a, a month and a half dip. Yeah, but uh, people trying to close on mortgages and and all of a sudden valuations are coming in lower than the the sale price and all of these things. You think that's going to happen out in the the kind of tertiary markets? I just think
1: because of the explosion in in prices they've had over the last little while. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I just think there's a little more susceptibility to a a price correction because of, because it was such a sudden jump out of almost nothing. Mm -hmm.
0: Now I used to work for a mortgage brokerage back in uh, gosh, what 2016, and they wouldn't actually, they were private, uh, did a lot of private lending and they wouldn't lend inside of the GTA be- for the exact same reason. Because the prices had jumped so rapidly there that, you know, basically what, what, what the, the mentality behind it was is somebody just sold their house for a million dollars. The guy next door starts at a million dollars uh, listing price as opposed to, you know, the 700 because they figure they can get it. The guy next door got a million dollars and it's all artificially inflated because of, I guess, mob mentality. Yeah. You figure that's what's going on right now in the, in the more rural markets.
1: I think so. Yes.
0: Yeah. So if that price does correct, do you think it's going to affect strictly the rural markets? Like, do you think, I mean, kind of post COVID, do you think there will be an influx of people to the cities again?
1: I think so. As, as uh, I mean, what are the factors that have driven people out of the cities? Number one is at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, people haven't had to go to the office that starts returning to more normal than people. Well, I don't want to commute an hour to get into work every day. And number two is that really the big thing in the city is there's been a lack of uh, lack of social in the city, meaning, Hey, the nightlife, the restaurants, all those things that people move to a city to enjoy. If those things aren't there, that's why a lot of people have been leaving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I, I was one of them. Um, I mean, what's the point in living in a lockdown city when you can't go out and have any fun, and you're still paying ridiculous prices for everything? Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's much easier to be out in the country, and even just to go for a walk on the streets is is um, you don't see people dodging each other like they've got cooties. <laughs> now, so saying that, there will be some people who
1: have made that transition who decide, hey, you know what? I like the lifestyle out here better.
0: Yeah. I'm one of them. I don't see me moving back to a city anytime soon. Um, But do you, I I guess that'd be a, probably a younger demographic that's going to be doing that. I I would think anybody say in their mid to late forties, who's made a transition out of the city and doesn't have to that. I really, I think that's a deciding factor is if their job allows them to stay out of the city. Yeah. um, I don't think those, those folks would move back yeah it it
1: will that will be a big determining factor is how many people have to be in the back in the office or back in the place of work five days a week if it's kind of hey you got to be here one day a week and the rest you can do remotely you know what to to commute one day i can take the go train because let's face the the go travels from a lot of different places now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's like hey if i gotta do that one day a week i can do that it goes all the way to, to niagara falls now does it not Um, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not a go aficionado, so I I don't want to comment on that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it goes to St. Catharines or Niagara Falls. They did do a a massive expansion on that because, well, I mean, quite frankly, it was necessary. There was no reason to not have it. Um, So what's going to happen? Like, do you figure, I guess when you talk about these prices jumping by 30, 40% in a year, are people borrowing that money to do other things and kind of, I guess not really putting into the best investments. Maybe they buy a trailer, maybe they buy a a boat, kind of those things. And that's where they're going to get caught. Uh, Well, you've got, you've, I don't know. uh, I don't know
1: of a lot of people who their houses jumped that much where they've now leveraged the entire value of their house. I mean, I'm sure there are a few cases I've really not dealt with, with those types of cases. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, that for for some of the people, it's just hey, they're just they're fighting it in the market, and so they're buying at they're buying at the prices right now, obviously because that's what's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the people who I think are a little more at risk, just because especially a lot of those people aren't the people who don't necessarily have a cushion to fall back on, because mm-hmm. they're often the first-time
0: home buyers and so forth. Well, I think you and I were talking to uh, Brett. And been a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he was saying that he was seeing a lot of refinances for people, you know, lack of income and just trying to keep a, a little cushion under them. Yeah. Uh, as, as uh, the COVID hangover wears off. <laughs> so let's talk about the opportunity that arises with this, Jonathan, because you are the eternal optimist. Let's talk about opportunity. What do you see happening for investors? Savvy Uh, investors. (laughs) So
1: should, uh, should there be a correction in the market? Then there are, there will be, let's just, let's just face it. If there's, if there, if prices correct down a little bit and there's people who are caught, who can't carry their mortgages and that, that could be a leading factor in driving a correction. Mm -hmm. uh, Then there will be properties coming up distressed properties, and I just mean distressed from the standpoint of you've got an owner who cannot maintain their mortgage payments, mm-hmm. uh, and so and so they've got to either get rid of the property or before or be foreclosed on. In, so in addition, that- the the other opportunity there is just looking at private lending and lending out to people in
0: distressed situations who need short term money to make ends meet. So you think private lenders are going to probably be the um, the ones who who reap the rewards here? Uh, There will definitely be uh, a fair bit on that side there. It's um, so let me ask you, I remember reading an article in McLean's quite some time ago now. However, they were talking about how much the housing market, uh, what percentage it makes up of of Canada's GDP. And that even a 1% rise would make a lot of the house-poor people have to either seek alternative sources of funding or altogether lose their homes. Do you think this still holds true? You're talking about the 1% rise. You're talking interest rates? Is that? Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Yeah, I think there are people who have bought at the max they can afford. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, a 1% rise would
0: could potentially have big effects for them. So what advice would you have for them? If they're at that almost breaking point right now, what would you tell them? Well, it, it may be a time to take advantage
1: of the appreciation that's happened uh, and maybe look to get something a little bit smaller and you can pocket some of that, but essentially reduce your debt by moving from a house you're in currently to something a little bit smaller and getting yes you're paying an inflated price on probably what you're or a higher price on what you're buying, but you're getting a higher price on what you're selling, which should be significantly higher than what you're buying
0: she's saying cash out and downsize if you're in that spot right now
1: if you're in that spot right now, yeah, because you'd rather do it now when you can take advantage of what's happening mm-hmm. than than wait till you're a point where hey now because when you're in a position where you're struggling to make ends meet and you're falling behind, now you may not, the market may not be as favorable for you to, to cash out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially if uh, you go into power of sale or
1: anything like that, right? Now you you don't want to get out of ownership altogether because that would really change your, change the whole scenario for you. Now you're just renting all the time. Although renting for a period of time, if you've got a game plan is not necessarily a bad
0: strategy. Hey, I got a friend who just cashed out on all of his stuff, and he's moving down to Belize. So, I—I uh, I mean, hey, there's there's all sorts of ways to go about this. Actually, one of my favorites I've ever heard. Uh, I met this couple uh, a few years ago down on the waterfront in Toronto, and they had sold their home. They bought it back in the, I don't know the 70s or 80s, and they had sold their home and did it at the right time, and it was in the beaches. And they bought two sailboats—a 40-footer up here and a 60-footer down in the Caribbean and that's how they live now well i was like oh man i really envy you guys <laughs> but um you know it doesn't necessarily mean you gotta back get back into a home but be smart about your payments i guess is what you're saying exactly yeah because uh, i know there's a lot of people that haven't been able to afford to go out for dinner and they're living on their credit cards and all sorts of stuff that uh in the uh, Wily days of Toronto's rise over the last five to eight years. And um, I guess I, I kind of feel bad for those folks personally. Be I, I wouldn't want to be house poor. I wouldn't want to be stressed out about the mortgage every single month. I agree with you completely because that's not a way to live. No, no. So do you have, do you see that often where people are just trying to buy above their I guess punch above their weight class, and uh, you 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 try and bring them down to something more reasonable. Uh, occasionally, I mean, a lot of the people I work with, I mean, because a big part of what uh, what
1: what really do with our group is we educate, so and talk about really the game plan of what you want to get into. I don't deal with a lot of those people specifically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but occasionally they come about. And the other one I see is that uh, okay, here's is you you get, sometimes you get uh, a pushy realtor who tries to push them above their weight class.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I mean, I guess at that point, yes, it does some fault falls on the realtor. Some fault would fall on whoever finances it, whether it's the bank or an agent. And then how much, how much fault can you really put on the homeowner who just wants this beautiful home and they get all caught up and excited in it? I think that would really more fall on the team who is who actually is educated in that that area. Yeah, well it well
1: I'll say it it really comes down to the homeowner because you got to find the right team. You got to find somebody who will, hey, here's here are my objectives. Here's what I need based on my situation, I need the best scenario for my situation. Um if you get, if you get shown something that's worth significantly more, it will look a whole lot better. And you're like, yeah, I want that. But, but at the same time, it comes down to, you've got to,
0: you've got to find the right team to start with. So don't fall for shiny. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Out in my area, one of the commercials we used to hear all the time was for Sims. Uh, I don't know if it's just strictly men's clothing or if it has men's and women's, but it was a, a suit company. And they always said an educated consumer is our best customer. (laughs) <laughs> and i actually did go over there It was in buffalo uh i went over there and bought a suit my very first suit it was god awful but uh <laughs> i mean i was a half a step away from having elbow patches on that baby but uh, i do remember going in there and how much they educated me on trying to buy a suit and and the sizes that i need and it was a really interesting process to to be educated because i thought you know you buying a shirt and buying a suit are pretty much the same thing whereas you know when you're looking at um the possibility of what's going, not the possibility, the inevitability of higher mortgage rates, you really need to take that into account on the buy today. Exactly the case. So JT, what advice would you give to people that are in this position where they're they're looking to um, either buy right now and are concerned about future rates or are already in homeownership and maybe about to refinance? and concerned about future rates?
1: Well, if you're concerned about future rates, look to, to lock something in now. I mean, you can lock in a five-year rate that are, I mean, the low 2% range. Uh, so, so because you've got the opportunity to do that, you know, for the next, the next five years, things are going to be solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you look at the variable, you say, well, the variable is better right now. It definitely is. But, uh, but if your concern is future rates and things
0: going up, then take the security of, of locking in the rate. Predictability is, uh, makes, makes you a little more comfortable for the next five years. What it you're does, saying. yes, exactly. That's fair. All right. Anything you want to say to wrap this up, JT? Uh, just, I mean,
1: always a pleasure talking to you, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much to everyone for tuning in. Always a pleasure. So glad you found us and that uh, you enjoy listening to us.
0: And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to come clean here. I'm not my normal caffeinated self at this point. We're recording a little earlier than we normally do. So if I was a little off, I apologize. (laughs) I I think I did an adequate job uh, as I normally do. Just, you know, par, not sub, not above are. But uh, thanks for joining me so early in the morning, Jonathan. I always appreciate talking to you, sir. And thank you for listening. We certainly appreciate your time. We know how valuable it is. If you'd like to get a hold of Jonathan and talk more about some of these rates and what you can do to kind of uh, hedge yourself against them you can certainly shoot jonathan an email at jonathan at a mortgage plan.com that's jonathan at a mortgage plan.com and uh, you can always download our free book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com or continue to listen to the podcast and uh, you can find us on all the major channels and we also have a, uh, a fairly booming meetup group at the moment, Jonathan. I'm quite happy with the results we're getting there and the community that we're creating. You can find the investment property income meetup group on meetup.com. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate you. Have a fantastic day. And thank you for listening. We will see you next time.